Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Chats and Graps. As always, I'm your host, Lyric Swint, and I'm super excited because, obviously, if you've been following my work, um, been talking a lot about um, New Japan this year, got to release a really great article about um, Black wrestlers in New Japan, and somebody was in it, aka Leah Rush, and now having him on the pod, so that's super cool. How are you today? I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing good now that I'm talking to you. Uh, oh, wow. Thank so, you. Yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on. Great. So without any further ado, let's start at the beginning because I feel like 2023 has been a very, very big and I would say transformational, transformational year for you, specifically as a wrestler and as an athlete. And so I want to know, what were you thinking coming into this year? What was the mark that you were planning to leave what were what were your original anticipations of like what you were going to do who you were going to be talk a little bit about that yeah uh 2023 man what a uh (laughs) yeah um but this year i i i fully had my sights set on um being a new japan pro wrestling and being in japan while being a part of new japan pro wrestling um plans shifted uh here and there due to uh injuries um and visa issues and and things of that nature so uh i was able to travel all around the world not just be in japan um which i I highly enjoyed it was it was definitely probably one of the most fulfilling uh years um that i've had in wrestling uh i've wrestled in, in, in New Japan, I wrestled uh, in damn near every top independent promotion in the in America, uh, in, in the UK. Uh, so it was a pretty fulfilling year for me, but my, my sights were definitely set on being in Japan uh, for New Japan Pro Wrestling for 2023. I think that's a perfect segue. So getting into that, so I remember you coming to Japan and you made this huge splash. Um, and I think specifically the the match that really like changed everything was the first match versus Hiromu Takahashi. And I've and I was like, oh wow, like you not playing this year <laughs> like, <laughs> at all. <laughs> like oh. he's not playing. And so that that was even before Best of the Super Juniors, which I feel like really just catapulted you on a whole completely different level and so talk a little bit about this this new japan run um in its totality because i really feel like you did things that i have not seen before not just in the ring but just as far as enrapturing like that japanese audience and really having them get invested in you and i also think that you brought the best out of i think haramu takahashi who has been like you know the face of the junior division for such a long time to the point to where it's almost like he has to go through the same challenges, you know, again and again and again. But I feel like you really pushed him. And I think that it just, the entire junior division in new Japan has just really benefited as a result of your presence this year. Yeah, I I would, I would hope so. Uh, I would hope so. Um, Yeah, sorry. I'm 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 taking a moment to kind of just reflect on everything because it has been it has been such a wild year for me, uh, and especially with being in Japan and, and wrestling Hiromu, 
I would definitely say Hiromu has been probably my greatest rivalry uh, since I've uh, since I've wrestled. Um, yeah, and I think that's my first time actually saying that. I think before I would I would normally say if, if somebody would ask me who's my greatest rival in wrestling, I would say like Angel Garza from my time in WWE or Joey Janela from my time on the independent circuit. But I think this new chapter for me with being in Japan and being a part of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Hiromu's definitely been somebody that um, that has tested me as a professional wrestler. And I think I, I've tested him as well. I know you said that you've been wrestling the same guys, and I know it's been it's been absolutely <laughs> boring. I need uh, he needed a new contender, so uh, I'm glad that I was able to step up. I'm glad that I was able to bring that excitement to not only you know uh, our matches, but just New Japan overall. Uh, you know, being in New Japan has been absolutely incredible uh, not only a great wrestling uh, experience but just a great life experience in general being able to go back and forth from america to japan and and spend months at a time there uh and fully engulf myself into the the culture and and try to connect with the people as much as i can which i believe that i did um successfully and uh yeah it was, it was a great time so um, diving a little bit deeper. So the best of the super juniors specifically, you had some excellent matches, I would say, with just about everybody. Um, the crowd was really on your side. Um, you were putting in consistent performances, I think, night after night after night. In my opinion, I think that the best of the super juniors tournament ended up being better than the G1, to be quite honest. But um as it relates to New Japan, obviously, you didn't end up being able to be a part of that three-way match with um, Hiromu and Speedball. And so what does your future look like with New Japan? Because I feel like you still have some unfinished business, but what, what do you feel about your future in New Japan specifically? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I would say that it's complicated. Um, there's a lot of factors that, that come into play. Uh, I you would think that I have some unfinished business in, in, in New Japan. Um, and, you know, I would, I would think so too, but things don't always work out the way that we hope. Um, to be completely honest with you, I'm a little lost. I'm a little stuck with, uh, with New Japan. I don't know where I go from here uh, with them. Um, I'm currently not under contract. Uh, I haven't been under contract. And um, I've expressed that I want to be under contract uh, in order to continue to go back and forth uh, the way that I was going back and forth. Um, it, it's a lot, it's a lot to think about just because of the situation that it left me in. Um, I sacrificed a lot to get to Japan. Um, I sacrificed a lot to um, go to Japan as often as I did. Uh, so now I feel like I'm in a situation where, um, you know, the ball is in their court. Uh, you know, um, I, I think that I've, I've fully um, put everything that I, that I had into uh, being there. And they know that. Um, and I know that they have interest in being and in, in me being there as well. But 
you know, it, I think ultimately it comes down to, um, you know, do you see me there long term? Uh, because I've I've been not under contract for quite some time now, and that was my decision. Uh, I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to uh, explore different opportunities. Um, but I think I've been in a situation and a position where I want to be in one place. I want to be uh, exclusive to one company. Um, so if that is in the plans for uh, New Japan, um, then it would be in the plans for me. So I guess it's just a waiting game at this point. I think that what you're expressing is something that I feel like a lot of it foreigners in um, New Japan have expressed of just like, I think Aussie Open said something similar of like wanting to be in New Japan, but like the inconsistency of not being able to have like a stable like salary or a stable job or it makes it hard to like, you know, envision yourself somewhere long-term if like the, if the contract isn't like, you know, lined up. And so I do believe that you offer a lot to New Japan. Like I've said this, I think you've said this, like that moment of after your match, I believe with Taiji Ishimori of like a family offering their like newborn to you. Like that's Tanahashi levels of love. <laughs> like very few people, like natives. I've seen like, you know, there are like long-term sterile wards here in, in, in Japan who don't get that type of love and admiration. And you on one tour, people are like, take my newborn baby. <laughs> it was intense. It was yeah. it was definitely intense. Um, but I feel like I feel at the same time it didn't shock me because, you know, by that by that point, I think I've been to Japan maybe a good two or three times, I would say probably about three times. And every single time they've seen me pour my heart and soul into everything that I've, that I've done uh, with being over there. Um, they, they saw how much I respect their culture, how much I respect the people, uh, how much I respect the sport. Um, they've seen me talk about my family. They've seen me bawl my eyes out crying backstage and in front of them in the ring. So uh, it didn't, it didn't, you know, surprise me too much when, uh, well, I'm not going to say it didn't surprise me too much because who expects a baby to be uh, <laughs> passed to them? Um, but yeah, it, you know what I mean? I, like I said, I think I think the, the, the ball is in is in New Japan's court. I've, I've, I don't know what else I can do <laughs> to uh, to um, express how much I, I want to be there. So, uh, yeah, it, 2024 is going to be an interesting year uh, for sure. Um, I remember I, when I spoke to Kevin Kelly, he was saying that it was even more influential when you think about the fact that um, Japanese are very like anti-tattoos and all that, like they're just with people with tattoos and different things. And for them to embrace you like that, like they are like, we don't care. Like we just love this guy. And I think that it just shows of just how wrestling can transcend like all sorts of cultural barriers, all sorts of language barriers. Um racial barriers, all sorts of things like that. And so um, I hope that New Japan, you know, realizes what they have with you, because I think that the junior division specifically has been one of the strongest parts of um, the New Japan product this year and specifically your performances. But you mentioned 2024. Are there any other places who might be on your horizon of where you want to go, what you want to do? Like, 
because I feel like you this was a very huge year for you, but I feel like you can only build on that with a talent like yours. So what does 2024 look like tentatively? Any short-term goals that you're looking to accomplish? I think you should expect the unexpected with with me at, uh, at this point. Um, I feel like I've done I've done it all. Uh, I've been everywhere, um, and I think at at this point, you know, like I said, I am looking for a home. Uh, I'm trying to find where where home is uh, because I currently don't have one, um, figuratively and literally. Uh, <laughs> so it is going to be, like I said, a, a very interesting year for me in 2024, because to be quite honest with you, I'm, I'm open to any and all possibilities. Um, you know, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I think people saw that uh, in, in 2023, uh, that I don't mess around. No. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mess around. And when I say that I, that I want something and when I say that, uh, you know, when I say that I am hungry, you better believe I'm going to eat. So uh, it's going it's to be an interesting year uh, for me in 2024. Um, you know, whoever whoever decides to knock on my door, you know, I'll be waiting, whether that's New Japan, whether that is uh, WWE, whether that is MLW, whether that is AEW, whether that is who else is out there? CMLL? Man, so many, so many people. CMLL. Yeah. Uh, CMLL. You know, I haven't had the best experience. Oh, okay, my fault. <laughs> if I'm being honest with you, I haven't had the best experiences in Mexico, uh, personally. So uh, I'm not too much in a rush to get to Mexico. Gotcha. But like I said, if, if somebody knocks on the door, I'll, 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 I'll open it and I'll be willing to have that conversation. Yeah, I was just about to ask that. Were you interested in possibly revisiting places that you've already been? Because I feel like the talent that you were back then is feels almost night and day to who you are right now when you originally, you know, appeared in some of these places like a WWE or AEW. I feel like it's really like you've always had like the raw talent, but I feel like the pieces really came together this year with just the, the aura, like, you know, the, the bad child, like it really, everything kind of clicked. And so I feel like even if you manage to revisit some of these places, it feels like almost a completely different person. And I think that just speaks to how much you've evolved as a performer. Most definitely. Most definitely. I think, uh, I think I've evolved so much, um, I think I've evolved so much that it scares me at times uh, <laughs> because, you know, I think experience is, is everything. Um, and if it's one thing that I do have is experience, um, you know, regardless of my age, regardless of how long I've been doing it, um, I've been around and uh, I, I, I think I've done exceptionally well at the things that I've, that I've put my mind to. So um, yeah, I'm ready. I don't think I've ever been more ready in my life, to be completely honest with you. Uh, so, like I said, whether that is whether that is New Japan Pro Wrestling, whether that is WWE, whether that is AEW, um, they're going to have one hell of a talent on their hands, I promise you. Absolutely. So switching gears a little bit, I, I noticed that when you made this big shift, I, and I would say probably since Junior Tag League last year, 
you're you're very much so an artist in addition to being in addition to being a wrestler you're a musician like you pay very close attention to like your fashion and like you know your music and just your presentation so when you were building this iteration of yourself that we've seen in 2023 what were some of the things that you were thinking of what are some of the things that inspired you with the look i think one th one thing that i found that was super cool was i was actually at all-star junior fest um this year and then like on the all-star junior fest you have one entrance music and one type of presentation and then the next night at multiverse united um you have a whole different entrance music and a whole different presentation on back-to-back -back nights which i felt really spoke to your versatility as a performer so what are some of those things as you're building this iteration of yourself what were you thinking of uh, I think that I wanted to come across as my most authentic self. Uh, and I think I, I wanted to really showcase that I'm an artist. I think that's who I am uh, at my core. I think I'm an artist. I think I'm uh, an entertainer. Um, and when I, when I combine the two, uh, you know, it, and this is something that I've recently been thinking about, um, and I think this is why I wanted to do these interviews because this is, is helping me too. Uh, you know, I'm still processing everything that's happened this year. Um, I'm still processing, uh, you know, where I want to go and, and how I want to present myself. And I think uh, wrestlers tend to overthink how they should present themselves. Uh, and I think that, you know, everybody is different. Everybody is different in their own way. And I feel like if you just be yourself, uh, then you will stand out. You will be as unique as you want to be. Um, I try not to study and watch a lot of things because I don't want to be influenced by mm. a lot of things. Um, I want to feel how I feel in the moment. I want to, I want to bring off, uh, how, how I feel. Um, like you said, the, I, the first show of the All-Star Junior Festival, um, I believe I wore uh, black and red gear. And that was the gear that I wore when I first came back um, from my first shoulder injury after AEW. And um, I believe that this was also my first time back in the ring after a minor injury. So that was kind of just like me paying homage to myself in a way uh, of like, okay, I feel comfortable in this gear. I was thinking about it the entire time. Like, man, what should I wear for this All-Star Junior Festival? And uh, I knew that I was coming back after a, after an injury. And uh, I thought about, you know, what was I wearing the, the last time that I came back from injury? Uh, and what made me feel the most conf confident and comfortable? Um, and I decided to throw on that gear. Um, and I decided to come out to that entrance music. Um, and then for the multi-universe United, um, I decided to uh, switch it up a little bit because I was bringing off a, a, an entirely different energy with, with impact. Um, funny thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Impact. I was playing a heel role and for the all-star junior festival for new Japan, I was playing a babyface role. So that's why I decided to uh, uh, come out and with, with different music and a different persona and just bring off a different energy. You know, it's always it's always making people feel uh, something um, when you come out. So I wanted people to feel the differences between the two. And that's why I decided to to kind of switch it up a little bit. 
I feel like it, that was it, it really did come across because I think that specifically when you wrestle and you come out, like you said, it is an energy transfer. Like I feel like you have a way of connecting with audiences to where I feel your energy. Like when you are in the middle of that ring and you start yelling, I'm like, let's go. Like, let's go. Like, you know, you really feel it. And I think this year seeing you one, you know, you came off of best of super juniors and like, you're like this beloved baby face in Japan. And then you go on this impact run and like, you're just an asshole. And I'm like, Oh wow, this is duplicity. I like just being able to switch between the two. So how was that impact run for you this summer? But, you know, being X division champion, um, I feel like you really got to show a different side of yourself um, in that time period. It was amazing. Um, it was amazing. I, I absolutely loved it. I loved being able to uh, be put in a position to, to, to shine like that. Um, you know, the last time that I was a, a champion of that nature was when I was WWE Cruiserweight champion. Uh, so I, I was super excited to be able to uh, to do that again. But this time being a heel uh, when I was cruiserweight champion, I was a baby face. So being able to uh, be a be a heel champion was was pretty fun, uh, pretty cool and exciting. Um, and it was also pretty unexpected uh, because I went into impact with the notion of, OK, I'm going to do exactly what I'm doing in New Japan. But. For whatever reason, Impact wanted me to be a heel while I was working in New Japan and they were working with New Japan at the same time. So it was a little confusing um, on, you know, you know, how how are we working together? But you want me to be something different. But thinking about it, I was fully up for the challenge because I haven't been like I said, I haven't been a heel in a very long time. Uh, and. I wanted to test myself. Uh, I wanted to try to have as much fun with it as possible. I knew being a heel, I'd have a lot more mic time. I have a lot more promo time. So I wanted to try to utilize, you know, that um, and take advantage of that. So, you know, when I do go back to Japan, you know, I'm talking so much in, uh, in, in America on TV. Um, and then I know when you go to Japan, you know, there's such a highlight on those backstage uh, yep. post-match promos. So, yeah, I, I was pretty excited to, to be able to do to do both at the same time. I think it just helped me overall. Uh, and I, th I feel like it showed. I feel like it really showed my in-ring. Um, I feel like I've never been as comfortable as, as I've been in, inside of the ring uh, during that time period, as well as on the mic. Um, I was always wrestling and I was always talking. So it was it was a, it was a good experience. I've really enjoyed um, your post-match interviews, I would say, specifically during Best of Super Junior, because it felt very raw, very real. You can tell that you weren't just cutting a promo or something like you're written. Like, you can tell, like, those were very real emotions. And I feel like um, that's something that you've been able to do, I think, this year, really connect with people. Um, and then, like, even, in, like, with Impact, you know, having that mic time, you were able to transition very seamlessly. And so... Obviously, with a big reboot scheduled for the beginning of 2024, is TNA one of the places that you would consider, you know, possibly wrestling in? Uh, I, I think so. Uh, well, I don't think so. I know so. But like I said, you know, it, it all comes down to 
it all comes down to that contract. It all mm-hmm. comes down to a deal. Um, I know everybody is pretty happy right now, wrestling everywhere and being there and uh, and everywhere. Um, but like I said, I'm looking for I'm looking for something a little different. I'm looking for stability. I'm looking for exclusivity. Um, and you know, I'm looking for somebody who appreciates my talents and and really wants to invest in me. Uh, you know, not just not just in the ring, but financially too. I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, uh, we got to get paid, uh, especially me. I've got three kids uh, and three boys. Uh, so um, I, I need to be there for them um, in every way possible. Uh, so, like I said, it all comes down to um, whoever wants to, to lock down uh, a, an actual deal with me. Uh, and I'll be ready. I'll be I'll be I'll be prepared like I always am. You talked about being a father. What has that balance been like between being a family man and this tour, this world tour that you've been on this year? It's been extremely hard, uh, extremely difficult. Uh, like I said, I, I've sacrificed a lot, and I and I said this a lot in my in my backstage mm-hmm. promos. Like you said, those 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 post match promos uh, coming off uh, real and raw, you know that because they were. Uh, I talked about. Um, you know, being away from my family and, and, and wanting to provide and wanting, wanting to be there for them or them being with me in, in Japan. Uh, so every, everything that I did this year was to be able to create uh, a, a stable situation for my family. Um, it's definitely rough. Um, you know, I've got a two-year-old who, who isn't in school, who, who, you know, can't afford to, to get on the road here and there. Um, but I've also got a 10 year old and a five year old that needs to be in school that, that has to, you know, be home. Um, so a lot of the time I'm not able to, to see them all of that time that you see me on the road, all that time that you see me on TV in Japan, you know, that's time that I don't have with, with my kids. And that's uh that's pretty rough uh, for me because, um, you know, I'm not getting any younger and, and neat and they're not and they're getting older. Uh, you know, they're getting into years where they need um, me to be there. Um, I remember, uh, you know, when I was, you know, 10, going into 12, going into 14 years old and and, um, you know, just going through some really rough times just as a teenager, just as a kid. And, uh, you know, having my, my my father there, having my mom there. Um, so it kind of kills me a little bit that I'm not uh, there as much as I want to be. So, um, you know, everything that I do is for my family, literally everything. You know, I've done everything for me. I said I wanted to be a wrestler. I'm a wrestler. <laughs> I, I said I wanted to be in WWE. I made it to WWE and I won a title. That's that's blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. So at this point, you know, uh, I've done it all. I've seen it all. But now I'm I'm in a position where. Uh, I'm wanting a home and I want to create a stable situation for my family. So that's my, that's my mission for 2024. So in addition to being a wrestler and being a father, you're also an artist and you've been dropping some new music this year. So what is that? What is music? What is the role that music plays in your life? Like how, how does Leo Rush, the artist inform so many of the other things that you do? Uh, I, I think, I think it, 
kind of trumps everything. Uh, I think it is such a huge part of me that uh, people, and maybe they do realize it, but you know, it, it is such a huge part of me because I feel like music is how I was able to express myself the way that uh, I'm kind of expressing myself right now. I didn't know how, to, I honestly didn't know how to communicate my emotions. I didn't know how to uh, communicate um, with with people and, and, and tell people how I feel and why I feel the way that I feel. So I feel like when I found my voice with, with music, um, it kind of, changed everything uh music is such a huge part of my life it, it it controls how i feel it controls how i move it controls how i think uh, and how i speak so uh it's pretty cool that i'm able to intertwine the the music with the wrestling um and and that kind of being showcased through my fashion and through my entrance and and, and everything else so it, it's Music is definitely a, a huge part of me. It's probably a bigger part of me than I realize. Um, you know, I always thought that I was such like this mega athlete my entire life, but little, you know, that I know I just had music pumping in my ear since I was since I was a little kid. So it um, it, it always feels like it, it is kind of engulfing me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, music is music is a huge part of my life. I've noticed specifically this year, like specifically this year, I've seen so many black wrestlers really hone in on that authenticity piece of just like, you know what, I'm going to make my own music. I'm going to make my own look like, how do you feel about this current landscape specifically for, you know, black wrestlers just really being themselves i feel like in historically you know black wrestlers have always been had you know they're typecast in certain roles but i think we're starting to see people like break out of that box and you being one of them so how do you feel about this current landscape for black wrestling i think it's amazing um i think it's absolutely amazing i definitely feel like this is something that uh, we should have been doing a very long time ago. Uh, maybe we didn't really know how to uh, present that or, or, or show that off, but I'm, I'm super excited to see the authenticity uh, of Black wrestlers and the confidence um, in, in Black wrestlers, you know, just fully being themselves, uh, you know, and not only, not only showcasing um their abilities but you know saying it verbally i i think i think you know owning who you are and and telling people who you are and what you do and how you're going to do it and um it, it's amazing i think the confident the confidence level ha has grown um exceptionally and uh i think a lot of people are are saying that um we we've we've got a lot more uh, to to offer than just our athleticism, and I think it's it's amazing to see. I think you hit on a really great part there about the confidence, is because I feel like there's I think up to this point there's always been, I guess, and I I guess like a how do I say it, expecting black wrestlers to be grateful for what they're given. 
to just simply be grateful, you know, to be in the room. And I think this year we're seeing people in just about every promotion call their shot and say, no, like I'm the best in the world. I can be the champion of your company, your company, your company, your company of just, it's a certain level of, I don't want to say it audacity because the talent is 100% there, but it's just like a certain level of really knowing yourself and saying like, you know, I'm not just the best black wrestler in the world. I think that I'm the best wrestler in the world. Like that confidence and calling your shot. Where do you feel, why do you feel like maybe that hasn't happened up to this point? You know, a lot of times of people just being honest about just their intentions and just being able, you know, not caring what people think, just saying like, I'm him, period. Uh, because I, I feel like we didn't really have role models mm -hmm. in the past who have said that. Um, that's that's just what I feel. I, I can't remember and I don't remember, um, you know, a black wrestler saying that they're the best wrestler in the world and really calling their shot, you know, before before our generation or before, you know, our century or whatever the case may be. I don't I don't remember it. You know, I, I think just what you said, um, and, and, and it is a generational thing. Uh, but I, I think our generation, um, we see our value, we see our worth, and we see what we can bring to the table. And we're not afraid to say what we can bring to the table, um, especially not me. I think, I think, I think, I, uh, I think having people like me publicly saying, you know, hey, you can't touch me. When it comes to that in-ring work, you can't touch me. When it comes to those promos, you can't touch me. When it comes to the work, ethic, work ethic, you can't touch me. You can't. It's just a confidence thing. And it's a it's 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 believing in yourself. And if you have somebody that you look up to who's saying that, and maybe, you know, you'll find it within yourself to say, oh, man, maybe, you know, it's OK to, to you know, talk my shit a little bit. It's OK to, you know, be myself and, and be comfortable with it and not being afraid to, you know, get slapped in the back of the head for saying it. Like, no, no, fuck it. Fuck that. <laughs> sorry. Sorry for my language. No, go ahead. No, you can. You can. But, yeah. but no, the time. No, that time has passed. For me as a creator, I, I will say, I don't think that I would be writing, podcasting if it wasn't for this group of, I would say, Black wrestlers. Specifically, like, of course, like, we've seen people in WWE before, but in, like, these hardcore wrestling spaces of, like, not just being, like, just, like, you know, a spectacle, but, like, these are the best wrestlers in the world, period. And I think I have been so inspired of just to write about it to know to notate it because i truly feel like we are in the midst of history right now and i think that you know it should be talked about it should be celebrated and it's been very inspiring for me personally just as a, i'm not even like an actual wrestler but but the work that you're doing and like so many others are doing of just saying like no i'm not waiting my turn like what is waiting my turn what does that even mean like no i i want it all like and because, you know, our counterparts do it every day. Like, you know, say, like, I want this, 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 and this, and this. 
I expect to be world champion by next week, et cetera. And you know, hey, you you gotta they half the time they'll manifest it. And you know, so I've really, really been inspired, I would say, about the by the confidence um of so many of you all. But um outside of wrestling next year. Do you have any goals that you're looking to fulfill specifically in 2024, uh, aside from wrestling? Besides wrestling, I'd love to do, and, you know, I, I think I've got a, quite a few things. Um, but for one, I'd love to do more music shows. Uh, I'd, like, I'd like to uh, free up some time to uh, perform my music a lot more than I have in the past uh, and, and possibly, you know, with wrestling, uh, you know, being involved. Um, I, I see it happening. You know, the seeds have been planted um, throughout the years of, of wrestling culture and, and, and hip hop culture or just music culture in general, the two worlds kind of coming together. I think it'll ultimately get to a point where you're starting to see a lot more wrestlers perform at music shows, uh, which I'd love to see. Um, I, think that, I think wrestling fans would, would like that experience too. Uh, if done correctly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, I also want to I want to travel to some countries that I've never that I've never been to before, um, like some really just unexpected off the wall countries that people just don't even really think about. Um, I, you know, I want to see the world. Uh, I feel like I've seen so much at being 29 years old and I, I want to see more. Um, so I want to do a lot more traveling. Um, I want to be able to, uh, I want to try new foods. That's one thing that I'd like to do. Uh, I think, I think being in Japan so much has opened up my, uh, my um, just willingness to, to, to try new things. Uh, so I want to continue to try new things. 2024, I want to continue to try new things. So, yeah. So I meant to ask you this earlier, but I didn't. But for 2024, I think this, well, specifically for 2023, I think that you got in front of a whole new opponent list, a whole different, you know, um, just a group of performers between New Japan, between Impact, so is there anyone that you haven't faced or anybody that you would like to face again that you you possibly have your eye on in 2024 for a dream match? Uh, I want to slap Vikingo around a little bit. I would like to see that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, he, he's somebody that I've been seeing a lot. Um, and I think I said it publicly like once or twice early uh, in the year. Um, but yeah, he I mean, he's just exciting. He's just exciting to, to see. He's a very unexpected uh, wrestler. You never know what he's going to do. Uh, so that's that's always fun to, to watch. And I think it'll be fun to to, to have that match, too. Um, as far as other people, I mean, there's so many people. And I do plan on probably at the beginning of next year. I, I, I want to do my research a little bit more and um, put together a little list of people that I'd like to uh, get in the ring with, but, um, and maybe, you know, I, there's, there's quite a few people that um, I haven't wrestled since my very first year uh, wrestling um, that I'd probably like to get back in the ring with. Um, 
you know, I'm such a different wrestler than I was before. And I'm sure those people are too, but uh, a guy like Will Ospreay, I've been seeing him everywhere. Uh, the last time I wrestled him, I was 20 years old. Uh, so yeah, I, I, wanted to, I, want, I want the best. I'm not fucking around. I want, I, want, I, want, I want the best wrestlers. Everybody who's saying they're the best wrestler in the world, put them in the ring with me. We'll see who the best wrestler in the world is. Period. That's, that's what we like to hear, and I feel like that's a great way to end it. Thank you so much, um, Leo. I really appreciate this interview. I appreciate the year that you've had, and I appreciate the work that you do. And I truly believe that 2024 is going to be your brightest year yet. And so I'm super excited to see everything that you're going to do. And honestly, it's time for these wrestling companies to back up the Brinks truck to your house. I, I, it's, it's time for them to spend that cash. Um, pay up. Pay up. You know what <laughs> We the bro sisters from Proud Family. I had the handout, you know, so it's time. But thank you, everybody, um, for tuning into this interview. This episode of Chats and Graps. As always, I'm your host, Lyric Swin. You can find me on social media at Lyric Wrestling on all the things, and then YouTube at Lyric Swinton. Um, anything that you want to plug the, for the people to know? Please follow me on Instagram. I don't give a shit about Twitter. <laughs> Please follow me on Instagram. I love my Instagram account. I love updating people on what I'm doing in my life, uh, my personal life, and my and uh, my you know my my music journey, my my wrestling journey, um, sometimes my food journey. Uh, Instagram is my main account that I that I that I like to use. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, please do that at I am Leo Rush. Period. Um, thanks everybody for tuning in and I will be back with more content as always, but until next time, happy holidays, everybody.